Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. This whole debate is not about the nature of God. We all agree that God is sovereign. We all believe that God is all-powerful. It's not about the nature of God. It's about the character of God. The question is, the debate is not, is God all-powerful, but how does he exercise that power? I want to recommend a book to you. It's called Young, uh, Young, Restless, and No Longer Reformed. It is a great book by a scholarly young man. Uh, I've got a lot of books, thousands and thousands of books. People ask me all the time, have you read all these? And this is my answer. I've read some of some. I've read all of some, a little of many, and none of a lot. Okay? This is one of the rare books, and it's rare for me to finish a book. Seriously, I'm usually reading like five books at once, and I rarely finish one. I not only finished it, I marked it up, I took notes on it. it would, I just thought it was a great book. And so it hits that whole subject matter. Young, restless, and no longer reformed. So if you've got questions about that, uh, that would be a great book. Faith, where are you? Wave at me. I was thinking about our conversation yesterday. That'd be a great book, okay? Um, so then... So that's the, that, that's the uh, theology proper. The third category of prayer is our anthropology, our biblical understanding of man. And this is really important because your view of how God set things up and the fact that God delegated the earth to man, all of a sudden that makes it very relevant. How do you utilize your makeup? How do you... You have equipment that God gave you. He wants you to leverage in prayer, Okay. He wants you to use your soul in prayer, your mind, will, and emotions. And most of us think that prayer is much more a matter of our mind than it is of our emotions and our will. God, your will is the pry bar in the spirit through which God moves things. You put your will behind his will. That's what amen means. It means so be it. You're putting your will behind God's will. And you can strengthen your will through intercession and fasting. So that's what I was going to talk about this morning, but I'm not. I'm going to talk about what John did this morning, Pastor John did. And I was, I was really wrestling with what to preach on. And uh, so I, I had intended to preach on this because we're not done with this anthropology thing, okay? So, but we're going we're gonna to lay the groundwork for this final category. And we're just going to do the introduction this morning because that pesky little clock is looking at me. And uh, we're going we're gonna to hit that. And then we're going to circle back around and really look at the nature of man. God has given you equipment that he wants to use. He wants to he wants to use you to shape history. This is what the Lord spoke to me. By the way, I'm going to put a shameless plug for the prayer meetings. We've been meeting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, seven to eight. Wednesday, we come in at six to eight. So that, talking in the morning, so that people that are heading off to work and can't make it the other mornings can get here. And it's been wonderful. Most mornings. Some mornings it's crickets, okay? But I love Mike Bickle's phrase, God answers unanointed prayer. I can't tell you how that ministers to me because I've prayed a lot of unanointed prayers. But God, it matters to God whether we feel it or not. And, and I'm, at, I'm, I'm encouraging you, get out at least once a week for these prayer meetings. And so uh, we're going to circle back around and, and look at this whole thing uh, 
I forget what I was going to say. I'm lost. So let's just jump into the final category. The final category is usually what we'll talk about, you could frame it as demonology or angelology and think, wow, demonology, that's not a fun category. Really what we're going to talk about is spiritual warfare, the battle we are in. When we talk about the system God set up, the nature of God and the nature of man, that explains why we need to pray, right? We got to invite him because he delegated the earth to us. He's not going to just exert his will without human invitation. He put it in our hands. Psalm chapter 8 is very clear about that. It's reiterated in Hebrews chapter 2, implied in many more passages. But that, that doesn't explain the process of prayer. That explains the event of prayer. We just say, hey God, how about revival? We invite you by noon. Awesome, let's go eat. It, it's not that simple. So what's going on here? There is a battle that's going on. So what is the deal with this battle that we are in? Why, why is prayer such a process? And so I really want, we're gonna go into a mini-series. We've had a series within a series, within a series, within a series, and now this is our hopefully our final series within the other series. And that is we're gonna look at spiritual warfare. And it, within that that whole thing, what I want to look at, as I want to look at several facets, I want to look at, this might sound like a strange phrase, but I want to look at spiritual geography. There is a geography or a topography to the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is not one massive void up there. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the nature of the opposition and the nature of our aid. There are angels Angels over here and demons over here. Got to keep my sides right here. There's opposition and there, there's layers of opposition. I'm going to stretch you over the coming weeks, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch your theology a little bit and kind of tweak you, but I'm going to anchor this thing in Scripture because there's some things that we need to understand and we need to know because we are in a war, whether you know it or not. You are in a battle. You are in a war. And if we realized the critical hour in which we lived, we would not have a hard time rolling out of bed and getting to prayer. There is a seduction of the enemy that, that I'm concerned about my personal tolerance for disruption. I very quickly adapt to what people call the new norm. I don't want to adapt. I don't want to go back to the old norm. I want to push past that, and I want to get at what God really wants. Now I remember what I was going to say before. This is what I was going to say. The Lord spoke to me in prayer the other day. This is what he told me. He said, I am disruptive, and I don't apologize. I am out to disrupt your life. And then he told me this. He said, in order to disrupt history, I first have to disrupt you. If God can't disrupt us, he will not be able to disrupt the downward trajectory. Is that, a, is that the, probably a wrong use of the word? The downward trend, moral trend of our culture. If God can't find some people that are disruptable, God is out to disrupt our lives. Prayer, fasting is disruptive. But it's one of the primary purposes of God right now to disrupt us and shake us awake and realize we've got to get a hold of the horns of the altar and pray this thing in the right direction. God has delegated the matters of this earth to his children. 
it is on our watch that this thing either sinks or rises. And we will give an answer to God for that. And so we need to realize that. And so that's why we're talking about these matters. We want to engage our hearts. So we're going to look at the nature of the battle. Let's pray. We have 17 minutes. Can, can you, do you have faith for the sun to stand still like it did twice in Scripture? Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I'm asking God that you would speak to us this morning. Lord, awaken our hearts. Lord, I ask that your teaching would fall like rain. Lord, that there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation that would infuse the atmosphere and that you, the great teacher, would enter the room. And Lord, that you would teach in front of me, before me. And Lord, that I would merely give words to those who are lagging behind. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, real quick here. Let's, I want to look at several things. Um, let me see here. Let's, let's look at the first verse of Scripture. A couple of years ago, we looked at this passage. It really grabbed me, but we're going to do a little bit of review, and then we're going to take a deeper dive. And, and again, we're going to stretch some of you this morning. The first verse of Scripture, the first revelation that we receive in God's book is this simple little phrase, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why did God start with that little phrase? God is introducing to us the context of our existence. This is the context in which you and I live and move and have our being. And it's also the context of our inheritance. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but somewhere along the way, I picked up this, this fallacy that the spiritual realm was the ancient eternal realm, and what we're living in is, is less real, and it's temporal, but the, the eternal realm was always around. I, I've heard, I've, I've probably even preached it, that that's the real, that's the real deal, the spiritual realm, but this is, this is, you know, the temporary thing, but the fact is they both had a beginning. The heavens and the earth both had an inception point called the beginning. And they were, they were created simultaneously. And the reason for that is the destiny of both of these realms were intimately connected. They were never meant to be separated. God never intended for earth and heaven to operate independently of one another. Any more than he intended for your human soul and your human spirit to operate independently of one another. But the way that the human soul and spirit were severed were from, through the fall and we lost touch with our human spirit. Our spirit died through a born again experience. We are born again. And the same thing happened in the spiritual realm. Heaven was cut off from earth. Sin, or, uh, earth was cut off from heaven's influence through the fall. And you and I live here to pray and to cry out for the reconnection between heaven and earth with this prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we exist. We want what the activity of heaven to invade earth. 
And so there, there's a, we, we need to have a biblical theological understanding of what the heavens are. Now, notice in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning he created the heavens, plural. That's not just a, uh, a guess by the, the translators. The Hebrew there is plural. It's the multiple heavens that he created above. We see this also in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is really the central fixture of the book of Ephesians is this teaching on the spiritual realms or the heavenly realms. That if, you, if you can see it through that lens, it, it gives you great understanding of what the book of Ephesians is really about. Five times we see this Greek word, eperonios, which is what we translate heavenly places, heavenly realms. It's plural. It's different than the word eperonos that we see in Matthew chapter 6 when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's singular. And that is very clearly speaking of the realm of God, the throne room of God. It's what Paul refers to in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he refers to it as the third heaven. So we know from Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, there are at least three layers, if you will, three regions of the heavens. There is the first heaven. This is, this is orthodox theology. Now, just as a pause there, uh, Jewish theology, Jewish uh, the Jewish religion teaches there are five heavens or five, or I mean seven rather, seven layers to the heavens. I don't know if that's true. I don't see that in scripture. There's a big question mark there for me. But I do know what Paul refers to as he was before the throne and he saw things in the third heaven that he wasn't allowed to speak. And so normal Christian theology teaches that there are three heavens. The third heaven being the realm of God, the throne. It's where we aspire to for eternity. The first heaven is where we look out into the sky and we see the blue sky and the clouds and the birds and the planes and all. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is that dimension of the angels and the demons. It, it is not a distant place. It is a dimension to reality and it is among us. It's right here. It's all around us. There, I'll tell you what, I guarantee you there were some angels here this morning. The activity of heaven invaded our worship. I guarantee you there was also some demons here. Uncomfortable, although they were, there were some demons here. That's the, it's the dimension right around us. And so when, when God says he created the heavens and the earth, he's talking about these, the physical realm and this multiple dimensional spiritual realm that exists all around us. And both of them were created for man. The earth was created for man, but so was the spiritual realm. We tend to think, well, yeah, the spiritual realm was created for God. No. Solomon very clearly said, the heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain him. God didn't create the heavens for his own dwelling place. They were created simultaneously because their destinies are connected and both are realms that are part of our inheritance. Why do I say that? There's a principle in scripture, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. 
first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. One of the things that we see about the Jewish people is God was very zealous to make sure they entered their promised land. There was a patch of ground that was given to them by heaven and their inheritance was in that ground. God was zealous to get them there. And there's been contention over that land ever since. Not only on the earth, but in the heavens above. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. You and I also have a promised land. Paul, Paul preached that God has chosen the times and places in which men should live. Your destiny, your inheritance is tied to a place and a time, a generation and a location. That's why God, the, the word apostle literally means sent one. And there is an apostolic office uh, that, that people function in, and it is for today. That did not go away with the death of the first apostles. We are not cessationists. We are Pentecostal continuous. There are still apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers today. But there's a wider application of the apostolic gift, and we are to be an apostolic people. We are sent ones we are sent to bring the kingdom of heaven and stake our claim wherever we move. That's why it's crucial that you just not, you know, just do whatever you want with your life. It's like the Cognos. His business is going great. And all of a sudden the Lord says, I'm sending you to Mexico. But there's no buts. You belong to me and I'm sending you because that's where their inheritance is. And it's crucial that they go because they carry something for Mexico. Then there's other Mexicans that come to the United States, and we need them here. Seriously. And El Salvadorians. Hallelujah. Man, I feel that. We, there is, God is multicultural, and he loves to take people from places and stick them in another culture and then have them bring the culture of heaven. It's, and it, their inheritance lies there. And so we need to understand that. But the other thing we need to understand is the region that you are called to beneath the skies is connected to realms above the skies that also contain part of your inheritance. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to what it says. God hath given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly realms in Christ. There are, the, the Greek word there is the plural heavens. There are heavenly realms above us. They contain blessings, resources. And those realms above are connected to the region's belief. Beneath, how do I know that? Because I asked the Lord. And this is what he told me. This is what he directed me to. He began to remind me in Daniel where there was a prince of Persia. You remember that? Yeah. Now, okay, let's just pause here. Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about Eperonios, heavenly realms. There's blessings there for us, chapter 1. At the end of chapter 1, beginning of chapter 1, it says, we have an inheritance there. We have been given all the blessings in heavenly realms. They're ours. The end of chapter 1, it says that Jesus has been enthroned in heavenly realms. Then in chapter 2, it says, we've been enthroned with him. That word enthroned, seated, literally means to be delegated authority over, to take a, a position of authority. Yeah. 
So you have been given authority over these heavenly realms in which are riches, blessings, resources that reside over this nation, over your region. So that's one, two, three. Then in chapter three, it says that the God, through the, through the church, he's going, this is a Dave Olson paraphrase. He's going to rub the face of principalities and powers. They're gonna, he's going to rub their face in the wisdom of God by making them watch the church and see how God works through them. And they have to sit and watch. Okay, that's a paraphrase. It says he's going to make, he's going to make, uh, Reveal the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers in heavenly realms through the church. I like my phrase a little better. He's rubbing their face in. He's going to take them by the nap of the neck. He says, watch this. Watch what I do. There's, they're saying a global pandemic. Watch what I do through Heartland. Watch what I do through that region, you know. And he just rubs their face in it. Okay, so that's the fourth one. The fifth, the fifth time this word is used in the book of Hebrews is chapter 6. And you're all familiar with it, most of you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age in heavenly realms. Same word, eperonios. So catch this. Look at the the flow of thought here. In chapter one, he tells us there's blessings in them thar hills, those, those heavenly realms. There are blessings and they've been given to you. Jesus has been enthroned there. You've been enthroned with him. God's going to show off his wisdom and rub the face of the enemy in his wisdom through the church. But these enemies that we are wrestling with, these principalities and powers, in he- they reside in the same heavenly realms that our resources do. Now, there is teaching that is going on in the body of Christ, I've heard it many, many times, that says that the the second heaven is the realm of the demons and you stay away from that. Here's the problem. The very realms in which those principalities and powers dwell and occupy are the very realms in which your blessings reside. And Ephesians chapter 6 says we wrestle with them. Why? Because we are to displace them to seize the resources that God has for us. Now, in Daniel, when Daniel, Daniel's praying and fasting. He's on a 21-day fast and all of a sudden an angel shows up. His halo's knocked to the side. One of his wings is bent. <laughs> he said, man, I've been in a battle. He said, I, I, started, I came the first day you started praying. He said, but man, I was fighting the prince of Persia. He's speaking of a principality. He wasn't beating up on a king on the, on the ground. He was beating up on an, a, an entity in the heavenly realms, a ruling spirit, a prince, a principality. And Michael came and kicked some demon hiney so that this angel could get through and deliver the word. Amen. So that's, that's what's going on here. Notice that that principality, his title is connected to the region over which he holds sway. The prince of Persia. I would propose to you, and if I had more time, I would make a bigger case for it. Maybe we'll get into this next week. That there are unique deposits of blessings over every region of the earth. The spiritual realm is not one vast void up there that is just, you know, just a big open space. There are blessings and resources. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this, but I'm laying some groundwork, so just bear with me. I'm going to tell this story and we'll close. 
It was sometime in the last 10 years or 15 years. I'm very bad at dates. I think it was 2009, to be honest with you. I was praying up here in the altar area, and I was highly frustrated one night on a Friday night prayer meeting, and I screamed out, I can't shadow box anymore. God, help me connect. I felt like I kept getting sucker punched, and I turned around, and I didn't know who it was. And immediately... I was standing right here and I went into a vision and the vision was of these rolling hills. It was beautiful landscape and this blue azure sky as far as the eye could see, it was gorgeous. And then I looked again, the entire horizon, the whole sky was full of these massive spheres. They looked like giant bubbles, 30, 40, 50 feet around and they were all interconnected. And the Lord said to me, every realm has a gate. That's all he said. And I looked, and each one of these, I knew he was referring to these spheres, these giant bubbles, as realms. And he said, every realm has a gate. And I looked, and there, I looked inside, there was healing realms. That if you were to get in there, man, there's healing. You don't have to worry about sickness. You get into that one. There's healing. I saw prophetic realms. I saw wisdom realms. I saw financial realms. I saw over Iowa inventive realms. There are inventions God is longing to release out of the cornfields of Iowa. And they were all interconnected. So you could stand in a prophetic realm and reach into healing. And you weren't really operating in the gift of healing. You were operating in the prophetic, but you were releasing healing through the prophetic. Or you could stand in wisdom and reach in and you could operate in finances through the wisdom of God. And these realms were all connected. And they were, they were hanging in the sky as far as the eye could see over Iowa. And then the vision went away. And I said, Lord, I've got no scripture for this. I don't, I don't have any word. I can't preach this. I went over to Christopher. I said, Christopher, I, 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 this is what God just showed me. What do you think? And I think if I remember it, he went, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> he said, ask Rod Sterling. I don't know. So he was not much help. That's why he's no longer on staff. So, and, uh, but uh so anyway, I went, it was late. It was like midnight that night. I got home. The next morning, I opened up my laptop and punched in realms into my concordance. And bloop, up came the five verses I just quoted to you. The first of which was, God hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly realms in Christ. And I said, oh, <laughs> I memorized that scripture years ago. I had never understood it. And I'm telling you that God is looking for a people who will mine out the resources in the heavenly realms. It answered, who give, just, who give me five minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. No, I'm just kidding. The, uh, there, there was a, now I forgot what I was going to say. I goofed around. I'm so sorry. I think that was the discipline of the Lord. But uh, what's it? Yes, mine out. Mine out the, to, to mine out the resources in the heavens above. I still don't remember. <laughs> Let's stand. 
I remember. Okay. <laughs> Feel free to sit down or stand. I'm just going to be a second. The uh, part, one of the things that this, this encounter with the Lord answered for me, and there was a lot of things, and we're going to talk about this over the next number of weeks, and also about the, the, the enemy, the nature of the enemy, that there is not just, there's, there's layers of this that we're contending with. But the, uh, one of the things that it, it explained, because I used to, we used to cry out in the old building, God, open up the heavens, open up, swing wide ye heavenly gates, open up the heavens. And all of a sudden we'd have this breakthrough and things would begin to happen. Months of outpouring. I remember when we built the original facility here in 2005, so those that were here, we hit a healing pool and it just began to break out. For nine months, I don't think there was one service that we had. We were having two services, uh, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. I don't think there was one service we had that there wasn't people healed. Often multiple. It was an amazing thing. But then we'd find ourselves crying again, open up the heavens, open up. The... And I'm thinking, Lord, what is this, a revolving door you got up there? Man, it opens and then closes and opens. What is that? And now I realize what we are doing is we are taking ground in the spirit. And what happened, unbeknownst to us, is that through our contention, our intercession, our fasting, crying out to God, we broke into a healing realm and there was a dispensing of those gifts for that time. It was just, it was just flowing. But God doesn't want us to stop there. There's always more. And so we break into something, the nature of God, the nature of the battle is we break into something, we learn to steward it, we learn to operate in that, we, we lock it down, steward it well, and then move on into other things because God wants to add to us. God is so zealously hungry to release to us our inheritance. There are things that God wants to release to you. That's hangover Iowa. Your personality, your calling, your background are uniquely fit to the region and the hour in which you live. And God wants you to be a miner. He wants you to drill in the heavens and drill in the earth and extract all that he has for us. He's looking for a people who are not just parked down here, want to sing nice songs and go to heaven someday. We are here for kingdom business to release the resources of heaven on the earth. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, God, for revelation. And Father, I ask over these next number of weeks that you would instruct us. Lord, that you would teach us. Lord, that we would understand the spiritual realm. I'm reminded of Bob Phillips. One time he told me before he died, he said, Dave, Heartland is uniquely designed by God to explore the spiritual realm. Now that sounds like a weird thing. We're going to root this in scripture. The reason God has designed us for that as a church is because of the unique calling that we have. And so Lord, we ask God, instruct us, open the eyes of our understanding. And now Lord, as we go this morning, Lord, I ask that we would walk out in victory and Lord, that everywhere we go, what you did here would leak and spill all over everybody around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.